Hey, entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? Like many of us, I'm sure you're feeling it. Business is hard. And now more than ever, you need to have a plan to help your business not just survive, but thrive. And it can happen as simply with having the, or thinking with the end in mind. Get my mouth to work today. I'm Marcia Reiner, a business growth strategist. I've helped tons of small businesses to uh, establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability, guides your growth, and plans for your future exit. Because a business worth selling is also a business worth owning. And I want to share strategies that I've earned and learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have something to share with you. I've put together an insightful Think Outside the Box live web class on Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. It's been specifically designed to help you learn how to turn your business into one worth selling, even if you aren't thinking of selling it yet. Why now? Join me and find out all the benefits that come with having a sale-ready business. Register for free at exitwithaplan.com. So I'm excited to have my guest today, Nikki Nash. Nikki is a podcast host, international speaker, marketing and marketing mentor for women entrepreneurs. Known for empowering people to quit making excuses and start going after their dreams, Nikki uses her extensive business and personal development background to help women take action that will help them create a business and a life that they're madly in love with. Prior to entrepreneurship, Nikki served as the head of marketing at a tech startup, Rest Devices. She was the senior marketing manager at Intel Corporation, where she won a Marketing Excellence Award. She was a brand management MBA intern at Coca-Cola and a media planner and buyer at an advertising agency, Starcom Media Vest. And she also worked with brands like InStyle, Travel and Leisure, Louis Vuitton, Moet, and Hennessy. So welcome to Profit with a Plan, Nikki. We're so happy to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Great. Okay. So we are talking about something. I am all about planning. Everything I do has to have some sort of organized structure to it. And we're talking about marketing plans today. So I'm really excited. This is something that I've got to tell you, everybody I've seen, they don't have a plan in place or strategy in place. So why should listeners have a marketing plan? You know, one of the biggest mistakes that I see entrepreneurs make is um, falling into the pitfall of having too many ideas where they're just like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. And if you've ever been there, especially from a marketing perspective uh, or even from a product perspective where you have a million things partially started, but nothing completed, huge problem, right? You're talking about me. It happens all the time. And I've been guilty of it a hundred percent. And so that's one of the big reasons why a plan helps because it's, it prevents you from just starting something and stopping something um, or rapid strategy switching, which is uh, another thing I like to call it, where you start a strategy, stop a strategy, start a strategy. Cause you're like, I did that webinar once it didn't work. What? I'm going to do a challenge, obviously. Oh my gosh. I should start going on TikTok, Right. And when you don't have a marketing plan that's validated and proven to work for your business, then you end up spinning your wheels or doing a bunch of different activities that don't really work or work as well as you'd like them to. And what a plan allows you to do is to come up with your hypothesis, essentially, in terms of what you believe will help you reach your business goals from a marketing perspective. And once you have that plan, 
your job is to follow it and validate it, right? Mm. And it just, there's so many benefits from this, from streamlining your activities, right? You don't have to be everywhere or doing everything. You have more confidence that what you're doing is working because you've created a plan and you're testing it as opposed to going, oh, you know, I tried a webinar or I sort of started one, but then I got really excited because somebody else mentioned that I could live launch and I started doing that, right? And so it it keeps you focused. It keeps things simplified. It increases your confidence. And the best thing about having a plan is that when done right and when validated, you can have consistent clients coming in instead of, you know, seeing that revenue roller coaster that so many entrepreneurs have been on and many are still on. So those are just some of the magical benefits of having a plan. Well, well said. And, and you just called me out on a handful of those. So I'm guilty. And, you know, even for a planning expert like myself, I'm guilty of chasing those shiny objects and those squirrels and not giving the time to test the, the results that come out. With anything and anything that you do, you've got to give it time, right? So what's an ideal number or time that we should be testing um, a strategy that we're using? Yeah, so there's no perfect answer to this, but what I can tell you is what I do with my clients. And with my clients, we come up with one plan and we test and validate that plan for an entire year. Like one whole year, all you're doing is the same things over and over again. And most people give me that reaction, like, Ooh, like a whole year. And then, you know, the freak if it's out not working in, well, after the first two months, yeah, no, it's still year. You, year. cause, okay. cause here's the thing, even if it's working, it doesn't mean that it's perfect, right? Like mm. no child stood up and started walking on their first try. And then was like walking down the street, like, like, you know, like they're the greatest thing in the world, right? Like you, you crawl, you get up, you fall, you get back up, you fall some more. And then eventually you get your balance and you get your footing. And the same is true with a marketing plan. And so even if you have something that seems to be working, it's like, it's not perfect. You can optimize it. You can improve it. And ideally Mm. by the end of a year, and sometimes in all honesty, it could take longer than a year, but by the end of a year, you have a plan that you know works because you've gotten consistent results from doing the same thing at least three months in a row, right? It's not like you're doing it and hoping that, you know, oh, it kind of worked. You want to see that you, when I do this, I can expect Y result, right? Like when I do X, I can expect Y result. And I've proven that at least three times, maybe four, five, six times, right? And so once you have that, then you can automate what you're doing. You can systematize what you're doing. You can hire someone to do it for you, like internally in your company or a virtual assistant. And so when you have one plan that you've done over and over and over again, and you know, works life's easy. And that doesn't mean that's the only thing you're doing for your business. It just means that, okay, I now know I can consistently get clients and this will be my baseline. And what I want to do like increase, I may be try and test and validate another marketing idea. Right. Mm, And so it it takes, it takes so much longer than most people give credit and give time to. And if you're not seeing consistent clients, you're likely not giving your plan enough time. And even when people are like, but how do I know? Like, what if it's bombing and I should, okay. Like if you've done it three times, like, you know, like if you've given it a solid three months and you're losing money, all right, probably not a working plan. Right. But mm-hmm. most people, if you have been in business for a while, you have a general idea of what works, a general idea of what you like doing and believe that you can commit to for a year. And 
if you're lucky, even some numbers to back it up just so that you have a solid hypothesis and then you can keep going from there. Love it. You are so true. People give up way too soon. And I was actually on a call where they were talking just last week about giving up just before you reach gold, right? There's there's that three feet. Um, I don't remember what it was that, that I think it was some sort of test that this guy sold back his equipment way back when. And, and he really, the gold, the gold um, vein was literally three feet away from where he stopped working. And I think we all do that. I think we try things, we want instant gratification. So I put an ad out, I want tons of people coming in or I'm pulling the plug, right? Um, I, don't, I don't spend enough time or we don't spend enough time really getting it to work. Because what is, what is the story? Something like, um, you know, seven times the, somebody's got to see something before it clicks and they start to think that they'll do action. And then there's probably another dozen times after that before they pick up the phone. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I I think, you know, that instant gratification and desire for it, it's not entirely, you know, your fault or like, you know, who's watching or listening to this. It's not your fault. The reality is, is that if you look at most marketing messages and I'm not even saying it's the fault of the marketer either, but it's like, Hey, I did this thing. I figured out what worked when you do this, it'll work for you too. Right. That's the thing. And so you're like, wow, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to make all my money back. I'm going to be their biggest success story. It's going to be amazing. And nobody's, I shouldn't say nobody, but few people are marketing publicly how long it took them to test and validate that, that plan that they're using, right. That works for them. They're, they're not talking about all the things that didn't work necessarily. Mm. And yeah, the 117 you, tries to get to the one that finally worked, right? Exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, I am a big proponent of um, lowering the expectation. And it took me a long time to get here, right? But when you when you do something and you've tried a million things and you figured out that your way isn't working, I promise you, if you give this try this enough try, just the philosophy works, right? If you go, all right, I'm going to try one thing for the whole year. Mm. I'm going to try webinars. I may do this webinar 10 times this year. I may do it five times this year. I may do it 20 times this year, 50 times this year, but I'm going to keep doing it until it, it gets me results, right? Until I improve it. If I truly believe that something like a webinar or masterclass could work for me, right? Mm-hmm. But like, you have to know what your business model is. You have to know what your talents are, Right. Some people, I have clients, I love them to death and I would not recommend that they start doing, um, like live videos to get clients. And that's what I did. I started going live because when you put them live, it's not that they can't improve, but they are so uncomfortable and terrified and their mindset is in a a different place that it's like, why don't we start with something that is, you already have some confidence and momentum in. Love it. Love it. And I think the big light bulb just turned on. We're not talking about changing messages or, or, or different hooks or different stories that you put in your thing, but your annual commitment is to a solution. So in my case, if I'm doing a webinar, I'm going to commit to that webinar for the year, but I may tweak the headline. I may tweak the stories inside. I may tweak when I, when I do it, what time, what day you know, who the audience is, there are tweaks that need to be made. But what you're committing to, and I love this, is the solution that you're going to try, right? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And 
And what I do, and this is what I encourage my clients to do is once you make that commitment, you decide how often you're doing it. And you put that on your calendar now, because Mm. I, I spoke to someone the other day and she was like, I did my first webinar last night. And she just happened to be, be doing webinars. I didn't tell her to do webinars. She just happened to be doing webinars. This isn't a webinar pitch. <laughs> right, exactly. Because that may or may, not, may or may not work for you. But she said, I did a webinar last night. She told me how many people showed up. She told me how many people registered. Her con- The show up rate was something ridiculous, like 90%, something that's really good, right? Wow. And she's like, and nobody bought. And like, I don't know, like I'm devastated. And I'm sitting there like, Okay. First of all, this was your first webinar that you just decided to do. I don't know any, like, (laughs) it's like, she just decided to do it. That's amazing that she got that many people to show up. She said they stayed till the end. They were fully engaged and you're selling a high ticket offer. I'm sorry, but if you're selling the offer, yeah, right. Like if you're selling something that's like thousands of dollars, most people aren't going to just swipe their credit card on the first meeting. Right after they hear about you, right? Like, exactly. So I'm like- Now it becomes the email sequence and everything you're going to do to keep them engaged and let them look over your shoulder and feel this. So I love it. I love it. But wow, what a great, I mean, 90%. Yeah, it was amazing. And like, granted, it wasn't a huge amount. of. I mean, it wasn't a small amount of people, but let's say it was about 30 people. I can't remember. But 30 people, that's enough people forget. I mean, I, I'm down with automated, e- automatic email sequences and stuff, but 30 people, that's enough to send them a personalized email. Or if you mm-hmm. have their number to pick up the phone, right? Like, or if you're following them or they gave you their social media account, send them a, a message and a voice memo. It, you have, most people have a small enough group of people yeah, that they can that reach they can personalize. To be more personal and connect right. with someone, particularly if you're selling something that's thousands of dollars, Right. And so what what a big aha here too. Yeah. The big shift in thinking that marketing is a, is, is a marathon. It's a long play. It's not, you flip a switch and instant clients and a flood of things. And now you're so busy that you can't, you know, you can't handle it. That's, that doesn't happen. It is a long play and it is an essential part of your entire business plan because if you're not marketing, you're not, you, you're not growing. You don't have a business because I can't imagine that any business out there listening to this podcast or anywhere in the world can just say, okay, I have people coming to me. So I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to do any marketing. No, that's I mean, just absurd. I've, I've worked for some of the biggest brands in this, in like the United States and quite frankly, the world, they have so many people in marketing and they invest so much in marketing because it's not like nobody's heard of them or that they need to make, they're like, Oh, I need more sales. It's that when you stop being in people's minds over time, they will forget. Mm. Right. And so marketing is just one of those fundamental things that you will, if you are a business owner, you better start loving marketing and really loving sales. Right. Because that is the lifeline of your business. And so so many people forget that. And, and that's why, you know, if you look at certain brands and they're doing the same things over and over and over again, and you almost look forward to it. Okay. Mm. Well, that's the beauty of being consistent, right? How many times do you look forward to, uh, you know, 
Christmas time and a Coca-Cola commercial with a panda bear on it or something, right? Like I'm just making stuff up a little bit, but there are certain things that people just get used to and remember, and it, it connects in their mind. And so if you can think about what is something I can do consistently to get inside my customer's mind, my ideal customer's mind and stay relevant to them, do it, right? Like choose one thing that you can do consistently and do it. And then when you get comfortable and your your budget can handle adding a second thing or a third thing or a fourth thing, but I got to say, you know, we're a lot of us are sitting here trying to run a business, you know, we're we're wearing the hat of the entrepreneur where we may be the sales team and the and the accounting team and the and the deliveries team and you know all this and then now we have to be the marketing team. And I think there's that that FOMO that sets in that says oh my gosh, I have to be on social media. I have to have a, a new dance thing that's on whatever, or I need to do a reel, or I need to have, I mean, it's like, you don't have to do all that stuff, right? I know plenty of people who have large social followings and no money, right? <laughs> so like, I do. Like I've had people come to me as a client that's like, Hey, so I've been trying to make money. It's not working. I have all these people. My audience keeps growing. And I'm like, that's amazing. Um, but being on social media and growing your following, that's what I would call incorporate as vanity metrics. Like we would grow our following because we were trying to, you know, get picked up in the media or the press as like, Oh, look what this cool big brand did. They're going to be one of our case studies, right? But you can do that when you're a billion dollar brand, right? Like you can have somebody whose entire job is managing your Instagram account and making it grow, right? Like you can do that, but you can't do that. Or I mean, you can do it, but you might not have money when you're just getting started. And I think Mm. I love social media from the aspect of it being a tool to socialize and connect with people who could become great customers, right? I think it's great. I don't think it's the only thing that is marketing. And I think so often people are like, I'm an expert in marketing because you know one social media platform, or I'm going to build my my marketing plan and it's only social media. And those two things, there's a reason why there's marketing and social media is a part of marketing, but it's not all of it. And so Mm -hmm. I have clients who don't use social to get clients at all. It doesn't mean that they won't at some point, but what's working for them right now, I'm like, let's get what's working for you right now, systematized, more efficient and working even better so that you have more money coming in so that you then can focus on some of these other things. Right. But I'd be happy if somebody was like, (laughs) yeah, if somebody was like, I want to build my business and I'm not going to do anything using social media for a while. Okay, cool. It's like social media and websites are the two things where I'm like, I think people give them way too much credit. Like if I have a website and I have social media, my business will be successful. And those two things are not necessarily true. I I think, I think that gives you, it gives you the brand, right? It gives you the recognizable concept, but with any kind of marketing, you have to have a call to action, right? And social media doesn't always give you that opportunity to say, Oh, book a call with me or, Oh, buy my product or, oh, sign up for my list, you know? I mean, it, it's it's difficult in those areas for you to engage a client. And like you said, even if you aren't selling a high ticket item or you're selling something, people don't always buy on the first impression. 
So then you've got to have something that goes along with it, you know, to keep them engaged or keep the next video post or the next, you know, comment that you make or, or whatever it is. And, and I think people, if we go back to the full circle on your story, it's going to take longer than the first time. So plan whatever you're going to do for a year. Yeah. And, and, and I agree with what you said to a certain extent, extent only because I've literally signed a $10,000 client from Facebook, right? Like oh. I have, I'm not going to say that it's not possible. But was I'm that not from say- your first ad that you posted and you literally got no, it? No, but like, this goes done? to my point. They followed me on Facebook and watched my live videos. All they did was watch my lives for almost a year before they signed up. And so I'm not saying that you don't need to be on social media or that it's not an avenue to make money or get clients. What I am saying is that too many people put all the weight on like, Mm -hmm. if I have a social media presence or once I have Instagram or once I have Facebook or once I have TikTok or once I have a website, therefore my business will grow and be successful. And it won't. All of my first clients, before I even got one client from social media, they all came from referrals. Every Mm -hmm. single one came from referral, right? It came Mm -hmm. from friends of friends who were like, oh yeah, my friend Nikki's doing this thing. You should talk to her. And I would get on the phone with people and then I would have to sell them. Mm -hmm. Right. And I did that for a a year, really. Like I did that. And I simultaneously posted on social media and went live regularly. But referral sources to your point is a marketing strategy. So then you're now your time and energy is spent looking for introductions to people that have your ideal client as, as their sphere of influence. Right. So it is, it is part of a marketing strategy, just like way back when you would put way back when you would put your name in the yellow pages or you would run an ad or you would, you know, get a, um, you would send mailers, you know, these are all multiple ways of doing marketing, mailing, um, TV, video, radio. I mean, any way that your consumer can catch your message. Yeah. And, and an easy way when people are thinking, okay, um, what should I be doing then? What I always <laughs> encourage people, there's a million dollar question. Here we right? go. <laughs> Is that there are two important factors to marketing and we've touched on them, but I just want to call them out. Like if you remember that marketing one is a science experiment mm-hmm. and you go into it saying, okay, here's my hypothesis. Your hypothesis is your marketing plan. And you're going to test and validate that over and over and over again. That is that is a large part of marketing, right? Is that it's like a science experiment. That's number I love one. it. Love the analogy. Right. And then number two is that marketing is just like dating, right? Like all you're doing is relationship building. And if you sit down and you go, okay, well, like with dating, I sit around and I figure out where is my potential mate? Are they on a specific app? Are they at a certain bar? Like where could you meet them? And then you usually choose a place, maybe two, but one to two places. Most people aren't on 50 dating apps, right? Like, cause who has time for that? But people will try to be on like 50 different social media platforms and like in, and use 50 different marketing tactics, right? Like combined, right? But it's like, you wouldn't do that in dating. Who has to no. you can't do that? You, you have to go, okay, where do I think my person is? And equally as important where am I going to have the most fun? Like, where am I going to show up the best? Mm. Right. And if you can choose a place that has those two things in common, you're in a great place. That's why some of my clients, I don't tell them to use social media right away because social media stresses them out. They show up not as their normal self. And it's like, I'm like, 
Why are it's, we putting it's the awkward, in? right? You show up at a party and you're in a costume, right? And it wasn't a costume party. It's that kind right. of awkwardness that we feel because of that FOMO, right? Everybody else is doing it or somebody made it on this or made it on that. So then we feel like we have to go there. But I think we're missing that thing. Is it someplace I want to be? And is it someplace they are, right? Yeah. And like the best question I like to have people answer is, if you assume that every single idea that you have for marketing your business will work. Just assume for a second that everything will work. Being on Instagram, being on TikTok, speaking on stages, doing podcast interviews, like all of these things would work. Just assume for a second they all would work. Which would you choose to do, Mm. right? Like which would you go, okay, all of this is gonna work for my business, but which one would bring me the most joy? Which one would I actually want to do? Start there. Right. Like if you know your audience is in all these places and all of these things could bring you joy, choose where you would have fun because, you know, from, and I do, I have a ton of clients also on social media, right? We choose the platform where they're going to show up best because if you're trying to sell your service or your product, especially if you were the face of the company, Mm -hmm. you need to show up in a way that your face literally and figuratively show up the best. Right. And mm-hmm. some people absolutely love audio only platforms. Some people love live video. Some people love pre-recorded video. Some people love just writing. Some people love going to networking events and meeting people in person. Other people love speaking on stages, right? There's no perfect th- plan for each person. And what ends up happening is people get really excited about the results somebody else got And they go, they got those results. I want those results. Therefore, I'm going to go this route and I'm going to choose this plan. Not taking into account, is this right for my audience? Is this right for my business model? Is this right for me? And I've done that. Me too. I'm sitting here going, God, she's calling me out again. (laughs) (laughs) I can only do that because I've done it too. I remember when I was like, I'm going to do a five-day live like launch essentially, right? Uh, yeah. it, it was, it wasn't so much of a challenge, but it was like a live launch where I would teach for about an hour every day for five days and then do Q and a and stuff and pitch. And it was That's maybe like a seven to 10 day thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Very yeah. similar to a challenge. Um, hated it. I also hate challenges. Uh-huh. hate it. I personally by day three want to kill myself and people are like, but you're so energetic and you're uh-huh. so good. And I don't understand you went live so all the time. Much prep. I it's not even, I don't even mind prepping. It's like something energetic about it, like energetically is not aligned for me. I haven't Mm. quite honed in on it because on the flip side, I'll give you an example. I did 20 podcast interviews in a week, 20. I did about five a day, one week. I called it podcasting week. I was the most energized ever. I was like on my fifth one on day five. And I was like, this is my 20th interview this week. And the person's like, why are you so happy? Why are you not? I'm, that's what I'm right? sitting here thinking. I'm exhausted by the end of mine. Right. So I couldn't imagine repeats. Don't know why that energetically aligned for me. Live for a fraction of the time. It was a fifth of the time being live over the same amount of days. Couldn't even make it. It was like wow. the difference between, you know, how some people are like, oh my gosh, I don't understand runners. I couldn't run, but they like swim or they cycle and they do something. They're like, I do triathlons, but I could never do a marathon. And then there are people who like like that, right? It's like, 
what? Everybody has their thing. My thing is not live launching. It is not challenges. I do not like them. I am not good at them. I mean, I shouldn't say I'm not good at them, but it, it does not bring me joy is, is what I will right. say. Right. And I think that's part of everything we're doing. If we're spending, you know, gosh, let's, let's, let's put it gently here. We know we're not working eight hours a day. So we're probably working 10 or 12 hours a day on our business to make it go because we're wearing all these hats. If we're going to be doing so much of something, why not do it something that you enjoy, right? Yeah. You know, if it, if, it make, if it gives you pleasure, then you're going to do it more often. So if you, like you said, if you're a video person and you like to be on video, then you'll probably do it more often. You should see my old videos for this podcast. They were horrific. And, and you know, it takes practice and, and, and I'm getting better, I hope. Um, but I think, it, I think it's true. You should do something you want to do. And you're, you're, the people you connect with feel that, right? A hundred percent. I like who that person is. A hundred percent. And it's, it's a tough. lot of it is how you show up mentally and physically, right? Because when you, when something's draining for you, like when I do a challenge, it's not that a challenge couldn't work for my business. I know if I did a challenge, I could probably crush it for my business, but I would need like a T I would not need to be the face. I would be like, I am good guys. You've got me for a solid three days. That's and and you know what? It, not three days in a row. Like I'm a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday, somebody else is going to have to do it. And like, yeah, we would probably crush it. It would be great. But every day me not going to go well mm. because I just mentally am drained, energetically and drained. And instead of on my downtime going like, okay, I'm so excited Refilling. about this. The clients are coming. This is great. I'm sitting here like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. I hope I never have to do this again. Guess what? I'm manifesting never doing it again because why would it work, right? Like I'm, I'm asking, I'm literally begging for it to fail so I don't have to do it again. That is that not is the so place funny. you want to be trying to attract and and convert clients, right? It's not, wow. it's not a good look. Yeah, you know, that is really important for what we're doing. And I love the fact that we've talked about webinars, we've talked about advertising, we've talked about social, we talked about challenges, talked about podcasting and speaking and all these different opportunities. I think when you're building out your plan, find something like you said that you enjoy doing, put it on the calendar and start doing it. Then what was your, what was your science project? You're gonna test it and make sure it needs to be adjusted here or adjusted there so that it starts to bring you joy and brings clients to you because you're in your natural environment, right? Absolutely. And, and if you'd like, I have a framework that I could break down for people really quickly. That'll make this Yes, let's easy. do that. Whip out your pens and paper, guys, because this is magic. So when I said marketing is just like dating, I want you to literally picture the following stages of dating, and then we're going to oh. backtrack and I'll walk you through why they're the same in marketing, right? But- mm -hmm. Dating. All right. So single looking to mingle, you may go, all right, where is my, like, who's my ideal person? Like, who am I trying to meet? And where do I think they're spending their time? Are they on a specific dating app? Are they going to a certain bar? Are they friends with my friends? Like, where is this person? Where's the opportunity for me to meet them? Right. Love it. And then once, you know, you try to show up as your best self, right. You may work on your dating profile, right. You may show up at the bar or someplace looking amazing. 
putting on makeup. Unlike what I did not do today. I was like, I just can't, it's just not happening. Um, but, like, but maybe you like put on some makeup, look fabulous. Right. And then you try to, then you look around, oh my gosh, I found the person. And ideally you want to capture their attention too. So maybe if it's an app, you write something funny to them. Maybe you, if you're in person, you try to smile at them or you maybe walk up and speak to them. Who knows, whatever works for you, right? But you try to capture their attention and ideally spark a conversation. Mm. And then once you have that conversation going, you're trying to get each other's contact information so that you have an exchange that goes beyond this one-time occurrence, right? Ideally, you want to get that first date, right? And then hopefully that second date, And if the second date goes well, maybe that third date until you're just dating, right? And the whole point of dating is to decide, as my grandmother used to say, to either piss or get off the pot, right? Like you have to, (laughs) or or more eloquently, as Beyonce says, if you like it, then you better put a ring on it, right? Like you get to a certain point and then, you know, a proposal or an offer is made, right? Same concept. You want to go back and think, where's my target audience spending their time? How do I want to capture their attention? How am I going to get their digits, right? How am I going to date them so that I can choose if, or I can learn about them and decide if they're a good client for me and they can learn about me and decide if I'm a good fit for them and then make an offer, right? And so you want to sit down and go each one of those spaces. Do I have that figured out? Have I figured out where my audience is? Have I figured out how I'm going to show up well and capture their attention? Do I have a way of getting their contact information? What the heck am I going to say? Do we have a first date experience? I think so often, and sometimes with those webinars, depending on where it is in your customer journey, your webinar might be your first date experience, right? And then you're expecting a proposal and you've only been on one date, right? Like if you're selling something that's a lot of money to the person, that's just like, that's a commitment, right? Like anything. Mm -hmm. So that could be a really great first date. What's the second date going to be? How many dates do you really need before somebody says yes? Because if they're in pain or like have a problem that they really need solve, it doesn't mean that you have to date for 10 years. This is where it's a little bit like dating. You don't have to date for a year or two or 10 before every person's going to say yes. Somebody will say yes earlier, but you do want to figure out, okay, what needs to happen in our dating phase for them to be sure that. I'm the right person for them, or my program is right for them, or my solution is right for them. And how do I know that they're going to succeed when they invest in my solution? And then you make that offer. Love the analogy. That was so that bonus section right there. Um, at the end of this fantastic podcast that you bring out the analogy of dating and, and how it relates to marketing and it's spot on. It is so true. And so many people expect that on the first date or the first phone call, we haven't even gotten to the date yet. I've pitched my offer. And I wonder why someone's going running for the hills because they don't even know me yet. So great, great stuff. All right, Nikki, you've been fantastic. I've taken lots of notes. I can't wait to release this podcast out to everybody. Where can listeners find out more about you? Yeah. So um, again, guys, my name is Nikki Nash and the two best places I would say to go are one uh, Instagram. If you are on Instagram, I am at Nikki Nash official, send me a DM. 
I voice memo or type people back. So let me know you were listening to this or watching this. And if you have any questions, definitely let me know. And the second thing that I would love to offer everyone is I have a free masterclass that goes in into depth about the just like dating methodology that I shared and a bit more about how you actually test and validate that plan and, mm. and how you really find where, like, what are the three main ways that you can get in front of your audience? And so it's called get more dream clients is the name of the masterclass. And if you go to getmoredreamclients.com, you can sign up and, and watch either a live upcoming training or watch it on demand, depending on when you get to the website. If, if a live one's happening, there's live that you can sign up for, or you can, you know, watch the replay. Wow. Fantastic. I'm going because I love the analogy and we all need this folks. Every single business owner needs to find ways to get in front of their ideal client, share that message, start that dating procedures. And then when the time is right and they feel connected to you, that's when you make the offer. So love it. And it's called marketing. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's nothing but marketing is, is doing your dance. So I love it. All right, listeners, I hope you found an idea or two to put into your business that will help you be more profitable and marketing's the way to do it. So, and now more than ever, it is important to build your business like you want to sell it. Don't forget to register for my new web class on how to turn your business into one more selling, even if you aren't thinking of selling it yet because there are tons of benefits to having a sale-worthy business. It's on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Go register for free at exitwithaplan.com. You don't want to miss this class. And as always, Nikki and I would love to hear your questions. Give us your dating scenario or your horror story on your marketing journey that, that you were able to overcome. Um, we would love to hear about those, and Nikki and I will respond. So. Uh, also, subscribe to today's podcast. You don't want to miss the future podcast coming up. And you can always catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. We're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks so much, Nikki. This was fun. Thanks.